Hello, everyone. Welcome to Unless Be Heard for Thursday, March 3rd, 2022. I'm Mike Cachopoli. Well, we will get to Ukraine and Russia, 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 of course. We have to talk about that just like everyone else. We have to talk about it every day, every night for the next 17 years, or at least 17 months, right? Because we can only talk about one thing at a time. There was actually a very funny... Uh, I don't know if you you guys know the Babylon Bee. If you don't know the Babylon Bee, you should get to know the Babylon Bee. But there was a very funny uh, article today in the Babylon Bee, which said that uh, Vladimir Putin has been given the Nobel Prize for ending COVID, which of course is a joke, but he has, in a way, ended COVID because the Russia-Ukraine conflict has ended COVID. We hardly hear about COVID anymore. We hardly hear about COVID anymore. Think about the State of the Union address, that there had been no Russia-Ukraine conflict. It would have been 90% COVID, right? And it was like 10% COVID. Think about that. Think about how one thing dominates the news. It's so important. It's so important that it dominates the news for two years, nearly two straight years now. Look, right? It just passed. What The two-year anniversary, March 1st of 2020, is when we really started hearing about COVID, right? March 1st in 2020 is when the numbers start to shoot up, right? They went from like zero cases to thousands of cases a day. No deaths to hundreds of deaths every day. And to two years, it was COVID, COVID, COVID. And now it's Russia, Russia, Russia again, and COVID's gone. It was Russia, 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 four years, then COVID, 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 two years. Now we're into Russia, Russia, Russia again. Anyway, I'm going to go back to COVID because something happened today in Florida, (laughs) which of course made all of the Karens on the left go crazy. It triggered the Karens like the Karens have never been triggered before. Now, what happened was, I'll set this up and I'll play the audio. It's Ron DeSantis giving some kind of a speech about education. And he's in a, what looks like a classroom or, or maybe a conference room in a school. And there are kids behind him, about seven or eight kids lined up behind him, and they're all wearing masks as he walks in. Now, If you're at a Ron DeSantis speech, you're a young adult in Florida, okay, in March of 2022, and you're at a Ron DeSantis speech about education, why would you wear a mask? Don't you know the governor's stance on this? Don't you know no one in Florida or very few people in Florida have been wearing masks now for over a year? That there hasn't been a mask mandate for well over a year? Don't you know this? Don't you know you don't have to wear them anymore? You don't have to wear them anymore. And yet, they are there, lined up behind him, all wearing masks. And he walks in, and this is what happens. Let me cue this up. You do not have to wear those masks. I mean, please take care of them. <laughs> Honestly, it's not doing anything, and we got to stop with this COVID theater. So if you want to wear it, fine, but this is, a, this is ridiculous. All right, well, it's good to be at USF. Okay, so it's USF. I don't think you hear the audio too uh, right, but um, <laughs> so the University of Southern Florida, I guess that's what that is, right? USF, University of Southern Florida. Um, he, he says, take them off. He walks in, he says, you can take those off. You don't have to wear them anymore. We have to stop this COVID theater. Wear them if you want, but come on, we have to stop this nonsense. That's basically what he said. At the beginning, kids were chuckling. Then I, I think half of them, more than half of them, took them off. And now, and the Karens are triggered. Oh, he's bullying children. Look at all the little snowflakes. Oh, these children are so bullied. The governor bullied them. 
The governor bullied. The, this is such a, the governor is such a tyrant that he told them they don't have to be muzzled. They don't have to follow voodoo medicine if they choose not to. If they choose not to, they can take them off and they don't have to follow voodoo, Neanderthal, 1918, over century-old medicine. If they don't want to. What a tyrant. Oh, look at what he's done to our children. Oh, he bullied those poor children. Oh, oh. No, you see, making five-year-olds wear masks for eight hours a day, five days a week, for two years, going on three years, that's not bullying. That's not tyrannical. That's not child abuse. But the governor saying, after two years, you don't got to wear those anymore, if you choose not to, is tyrannical. This is the nutty Karens and the Kens. By the way, the male version is called Kens now. That's official. The Karens and the Kens. The Karens and the Kens were so offended. They were so offended. Those children, they melted. Those poor children went home crying because the governor told them they don't have to be muzzled. You fucking morons on the left. You fucking imbeciles. In November, we're going to destroy you and you deserve to be destroyed. Hashtag remember in November what they did to you. Remember in November what they did to your kids. Remember in November how they abused your kids. Remember in November. It's only eight months away. It'll feel like eight seconds, believe me. People say eight months, oh, a long time. No, it'll feel like eight finger snaps. It's going to be here before you know it, baby. Remember in November. Hashtag remember in November what they have done to you. And your children. And make them pay. Make them pay by losing their livelihoods. Make them pay by losing their $250,000 paychecks. That they don't deserve $250. Let alone a quarter million a year. Oh, the Karens were so offended. The Karens were so offended. Oh, we're going to remember this. We're going to remember this. Oh, the 10-year-old, 12-year-old Gen Xers on Twitter were so offended. We're so offended. Go Che Guevara. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. This upside-down clown car shit show world we're living in. This country of snowflake, hypochondriac, obsessive-compulsive disorder nut jobs. What Ron DeSantis is single-handedly doing or trying to do is prevent a whole generation of hypochondriacs. A whole generation of hypochondriacs who are going to force their hypochondria that they've learned on us in the future. They're hypos. We have made our children into hypos. Nuttos, crazies, wackos, wackadoos. And Governor DeSantis is trying his little part in a state of 21 million to change this. The man must be president. He simply, I wholeheartedly endorse in March of 2022, Ron DeSantis for president 2024. I don't need to see any more. What do they say on election night? Like Charlie Cook and people, the people who do the, the prognosticating. I've seen enough as the results come in. I've seen enough. I'm making a call. I've seen enough. I'm making a call. I wholeheartedly endorse Ron DeSantis for president of the United States in 2024. And I wholeheartedly do this two and a half years before the election. That'll also go fast, by the way. Remember, once this midterm is over, you have the holidays, then you have the election starting. Remember, this, people forget that this starts. This will start early, early next year. This will start less than a year from now, the 2024 election, the, the very long primary season. 
So it's going to be here before you know it, and I've made my endorsement. And that endorsement will not change. Will not change. Long after COVID's gone, if it is even ever gone, which I doubt because Democrats won't let it. The COVID will go away when Ron DeSantis takes office on January. Think about this. COVID won't go away until Ron DeSantis takes office on January 20th of 2025. That's almost three years. That's a long time. But Democrats won't let this go away. They'll, they'll get annihilated in eight months and they'll say, oh, it's a normal midterm thing. It's a normal midterm thing to lose 110 seats, to lose eight seats in the Senate. Totally normal. I don't think it'll be that big, but it'll be big. It'll be much bigger than quote-unquote normal. But they won't learn. They won't learn. So they'll lose again in 24. But almost three years more. We'll, get, we'll have to deal at least another three more years of at least on and off COVID. If not total COVID, you know, there'll be war, maybe another war, two more wars, or a war to end all wars. But it'll be on and off. It won't be totally off. It'll be on and off for another, another three years. And then it'll end. As we learned today, uh, the... Uh, the airline, the airline attendance unions want the mask to continue. The snowflake airline attendance unions want the uh, mask mandate on the airline. Even though we have to wear masks anywhere else in the world, we have to wear them on airplanes. Because so, science, science, even though the airplanes from day one, studies were done from day one showing they were one of, if not the most safe place because of the great filtration system, we still have to wear it there, nowhere else but there. Nowhere else but the most safe place. Nowhere else but the healthiest air, we must wear masks. Continued, because the airline attendance union are afraid. I'm so tired of snowflakes. You snowflakes make me sick. You make me ill. You make me want to barf. You really do. But like I said, this won't end until there's a Republican like DeSantis in, in office that says this is ending. He'll end all federal mandates, mask mandates. It won't end, it won't end when the Democrats take over Congress because Biden will still be the dementia-in-chief president. He'll still be the demented one, and he'll still be able to make these laws. So, or rules, they're not actual laws. Not that there's no law, it's a rule. It's a one-man rule, by the way. In case you didn't know before, I'm reminding you again, it's a one-man, one-person rule. Um, but he'll keep them until this will not end. It will not end for good until a Republican, preferably Ron DeSantis, is in the White House. At least until the summer, they're saying. We have to wear masks on airlines at least until the summer. Because that's what science says. That's what, the, that's what the science that doesn't exist says. Give me a fucking break. Remember in November who did this to you. You must remember in November... Who did it to you? Who did it? When you go to the polling place, say, who did Who's making me wear masks on airplanes? Who, who's doing that? Who, what, so let's put it this way. I'm going to make it real simple for you. If you believe you should be wearing masks on airplanes for the rest of your life, if you believe your kids should be muzzled in schools for the rest of their lives, if you believe we should maybe lock down again if necessary, if the, if the, if the, if the 1984 Orwellian government decides we should, if you believe that you should have papers and papers and IDs to go into bars and restaurants, if you believe that you should have the vaccine to go to see a movie, if you believe all this nonsense, vote Democratic. Absolutely, you must. You must vote Democrat if you believe these things. But if you, believe, if you don't believe in those things, if you don't believe those things should be forced on you and your children throughout your lives, you must vote Republican. It's, it's a real simple thing, people. 
There's no gray area. You know, I like to talk about critical thinking and gray area. There's not black and white like with this Russia-Ukraine garbage. But this is totally black and white. If you believe you should be wearing masks on airplanes for the rest of your living days, vote Democrat. You must. But if you don't, you must vote Republican. And it's that simple. It's that simple. So yes, the Karens were so shaken. Look, I gotta play this again. I think this is great. I think I think Ron DeSantis deserves a Nobel Prize, a Peace Prize, the presidency, Time Man of the Year, everything. If I can cue this damn thing up again, here we go. One more time. I know the audio is a little bit shaky because he's not on mic. Here, one more time. One more time. You do not have to wear those masks. I mean, please take them. <laughs> Honestly, it's not doing anything, and we got to stop with this COVID theater. So if you want to wear it, fine, but this is a, this is ridiculous. With the of course the line, the Karens and Kens. This is a twelve second clip, by the way. Twelve seconds. So you you have to have like kind of a brain hemorrhage to not be able. You have to be in the middle of a stroke, not be able to listen to twelve seconds and comprehend what he's saying in twelve seconds. But one of the lines in the twelve seconds was, "Wear them if you want to." You can wear them if you want to, kids. Yet he, he was bullying them into forcing them into taking the mask off. He, there's no, actually, they actually said this line. He believes in freedom. We don't have the freedom to wear masks anymore. Even though he said, wear them if you want. Are these people so crazy? Why do I even try to explain what these people say? Why? Why? It was fine for the government to force this on us and continue to force this on several, on a lot of people and bring it back if they want any second at their fucking will. That's fine. That's not tyrannical. But saying you don't have to wear them anymore because, as we know through science, they don't do anything. And except for someone like a demented Fauci, even, even the people who were for masks have said in the last three or four months they never worked. Because the governor's giving you that choice, he's a tyrant. These people are nuts. They belong in a lunatic. They belong in an insane asylum. I'm living in a fucking outdoor insane asylum. That's what this is. That's where I am. I got to get out of here. How do I get out of here? These people. These people, they've always existed. That's, that's, what, that's what's so dangerous. I mean, this is a cult. This is a dangerous cult. And these people have always existed. They didn't sprout yesterday. They weren't born yesterday. They've always been around us, baby. But now we got those glasses from the movie They Live where you can actually see them. You can actually chew bubblegum and kick their asses now because you see who they are. I know that one didn't work as well, me saying it, did it? I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. No, that's, that's no good. Sounds like Trudeau. Sounds, it's too effect. It's too effeminate. But anyway, Roddy Piper, the great Roddy Piper with that, the way he delivered that line. Anyway, look, that's what we're dealing with. We know who these people are now. We know who they are. So the scary thing is they've always been there. The thing that's enlightening now is that we know who they are. They've come out of the dark. They've come out of their closets. Incredible. I believe they're high school students. He was at the college, but they're high school students. That makes it so horrible. They're not even co- not even 19, they're 17. Oh, they can't deal with that. They can't deal with the governor saying, take those masks off if you choose. Oh, they melted, they died, they cried. Ugh.
disgusting. So I wanted to go, we have to go back to the State of the Union now, I guess. And uh, I just want to mention a few extra things. One thing I had thought of yesterday during the day, and I tweeted about it, that I'm doing this show, and I don't write down notes. I'm sure you can tell I don't take notes. I don't look at notes while I'm talking. But what I forgot to mention was one of the things that really struck me the most about that speech is how rambling it was. I'm not talking about the way of Biden being demented. I'm talking about the way it was either written, put on the teleprompter, or spoken, in that it was like a one run-on sentence for an hour. There were no pauses between topics. The segues, the transitions were terrible. There were none. It's like he would go from, like, guns to COVID to Russia, and it was all one thing. I, I didn't know when one topic ended and the next topic began. He didn't pause. There were no, like, pauses. You know who did pauses the best? Well, two, I have to admit, they were both Democrats, Clinton and Obama, especially Clinton. Obama did pauses well, too. But Clinton was the master of the pause, right? I mean, you, you know, biting his lower lip and, you know, or thinking, he's thinking about something or supposedly acted well thinking about something. You know, but this was like one long run-on sentence. I don't know if it was written that way, if it was on a tele... You would think on the teleprompter, and I've never read off a teleprompter. I had, I'll, I'll talk about this in a second. But my, my, one op, my one chance in life of reading off a teleprompter, and I decided not to. Dan Bongino would love this story. Like, I know he hates teleprompters. But I'm sure when it's written, it says pause, right? If it goes from like one subject to the next, it goes from crime to COVID, I'm sure it says pause, right? It must say that. It must be a little gap at least. But he, kept, he just kept going. He didn't pause. I thought that was very curious. And therefore, it didn't have, uh, it didn't have any kind of narrative uh, thrust to it. It was, it was, you know, you need peaks and valleys, right? Like in a performance, you need peaks and valleys. You can't just be one tone the whole time. You can't be, you can't flatline it. And it, this seemed like it was just one flat run-on sentence for an hour. So that was, that really was very curious. Whether it was written that way or Biden just read it that way, I, I, don't, I don't know. I cannot tell you. Um, my one, before I get back to Biden, my one chance of, of, of reading off a teleprompter was when I ran for Congress. I don't think I ever mentioned this. Maybe because I lost. Yes, no. So I ran for Congress in 2006. In the 2006 midterms, I ran for Congress in, in uh, Arizona as a, as a Democrat. Uh, I ran for Congress in Congressional District 1 in Northern Arizona, which, by the way, is a congressional district. You know, you get spoiled when you live in, like, Nancy Pelosi, her congressional district is a city, Right. It's just the city of San Francisco. It's such a small area. It's a, several miles, and that's it. You can cover it by foot, by, you know, by, by drive, by, by public transportation when you're campaigning. But Arizona, because it's such spread out, there aren't that many dense metropolitan areas, especially in the rural congressional districts. My congressional district I ran in was 500 miles, man. It was ridiculous. I mean, you have to drive hours and hours and hours and hours to get from one city to the next. It was kind of crazy. It was a good experience, and it was a good 14, 15 months uh, campaigning. But I, a, a TV station, and this is the way all stations, you know, it's amazing. I thought it was all done very, the media, by and large, in Arizona, at least in northern Arizona, was very fair. Very fair, with giving everyone time and interviews, and, and they gave all the candidates an equal amount of time. To do a, a like a five minute, I think it was five minutes, maybe it was ten minutes. It was a five or ten minute video, just looking right into the camera and giving you your spiel, right? Which I don't think many 
I don't think many TV stations do that, right? You don't get – I mean this was – I think this was a very incredible thing that every, every, every media outlet should do. Every candidate running should get five or ten minutes to just simply look at the camera and talk to the people, to, their, to, the, to the voters. And I don't think I've ever seen that since then. But anyway, so you could prepare something and put on the teleprompter and they would run it for you. You'd give them your speech. They'd, they'd input it into the teleprompter and they'd run it for you and you'd do it. And everyone except myself decided to use that teleprompter. And since I came from talk radio and doing radio shows, you know, I would do three-hour radio shows either with a co-host or by myself. And I didn't want a teleprompter. I didn't think I needed it. And I didn't. And I looked into that camera with no words, with no teleprompter, and did my five or ten-minute speech. And the guy said to me something like, we can tell you were in talk radio. He says, no one does that. No one was able, I'm going to put myself on the back here. No one's able to spend five or ten minutes just looking into a camera with no teleprompter and give a cohesive speech where you don't repeat things a hundred times. And he said, you, that was amazing. The guy who worked at the TV station said it was amazing. But anyway, that was my one chance to use a teleprompter in a way I wish I had, just so I knew how to do it or learned how to do it, because I can imagine it's not that easy. I mean, I put myself in the back for not needing it. But I, it's probably not that easy to learn how to use it. You know, that's probably another skill. But anyway, I digress. I digress. I talk about my losing campaign uh, for, for Congress in, in 2006. By the way, the guy who won re-election, I believe, for the third time. I lost the primaries. I didn't run the general anyway. But the guy who ended up winning the general again, Rick Renzi, uh, about six months after he won re-election, I think for the second or third time, uh, he was indicted, I believe, several more than several, maybe 10, 15, 20 counts of fraud. And he went to jail for a couple of years. So anyway, my whole campaign was about how, you know, corrupt he was. They didn't believe me. And six months later, look what happened. Just like they didn't believe any of us about COVID. And here we are now. Look, well, the mandates and it was all conspiracy theories. Right, right, right. We're all wrong and nutty and crazy. Yes, okay. Hey, some of us have uh, a clairvoyant ability. And some of us don't. But anyway... So getting back to Biden, yeah, the speech was crazy. I mean, I just didn't understand why it was an hour of, of, uh, of no pauses, no pregnant pauses, no, no taking the time to transition from one subject to the next, to have some kind of a cohesive flow and power and drive and momentum. It didn't have any of that. And of course, it was all lies, all bullshit. This is the thing I also thought of. In, during that speech, you're listening to this guy talk and you're thinking, boy, oh boy, he's... The speech he's giving, it's like his approval is 180%, right? Not, not 32. And that was one of the problems of it. And someone brought this up on Fox. It was like he was giving a speech for someone with a high approval that, was, that had the best first year ever. No problems, no issues. People, everyone thinks the country's in the right track. Everyone loves him. That's the kind of speech he gave. It's tone deaf, man. It's tone deaf to the fact that your approval's in the 30s in every friggin' poll. Every poll. That 70, 80 percent of the country think we're in the wrong direction. That six out of ten wouldn't want to, wouldn't want you to run again. Even so, it, it's like he, it's like totally tone deaf. A really good speech would have been addressing all those. In other words, he's he's below forty percent on seven issues. Talk about those seven issues. Talk about what you're going to do better. Admit, admit. Do some do do what Democrats haven't been doing for the last two years. Admit the numbers mean mean something. Admit the facts mean something. 
The math and the science mean something. These numbers are real, man. They're not fake. They're not made up. It's not fake news. Trump didn't invent the numbers. You can't blame them on Trump. Address it. Address it. That would have been great. That would have been different. People would have appreciated that. People would have appreciated, even if he said, my average, my average poll is 32% on immigration. This is what I'm going to do differently. All right? I, I average 38% on COVID. This is what I'm going to do differently. If he had done that, if he was that honest and talked about changing course on several key issues, it would have been the greatest State of the Union address in history and it maybe would have made them worthwhile from here on in. But of course it wasn't. That's a different film, different movie, different script. He followed the same script, and I'm not just blaming Joe Biden. He's followed the same script that every president follows when it comes to State of the Union. Everything I've done is great, and everything I'll do from now is even better. Doesn't matter what the reality is. Doesn't matter what the facts are. Doesn't matter what the American, the 330 million people actually believe. None of that matters. None of it matters. You know? Like I said yesterday, the people know the state of their lives. They don't need you to tell them the state of their lives. And if the state of their lives is not good, they don't need you to tell them it is good. They don't need you to say, oh, don't listen to yourself. Don't believe your own life. Don't believe your own bank account. Don't believe that you have to pay $4 a gallon to buy, to buy gas. Don't, don't believe that you have to either choose between buying gas or buying food. Don't believe that. I'm telling you, your state of your life is great. And it's only going to be better. What are going to be? What do you say? It'll be okay. He whispers, okay, we're going to be okay. Well, how, how, Joe? How are we going to be okay? Maybe he'll tell us in the next day of the union, a year from now. I mean, you can't, it is totally tone deaf. And I can't say this enough to say we're better off now than a year ago. He said we're better off now than a year ago. I mean, that is not only tone deaf, it's Orwellian in this type of lie. It's like, you know, we know what else is Orwellian? This whole idea of safe and effective. Safe and effective. And that's what they used for this, uh, the idea of, of, you know, Brusantis about the mass and the mass with the airline, you know, worrying on planes. Safe and effective. You notice they used that, that phrase, safe and effective, for everything, for, for, for masks, Specifically, mass and vaccines, right? The same slogan, safe and effective. It's almost though it's like an Orwellian propaganda slogan they came up with. Safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. Even though it's just the opposite. Even though masks are just the opposite of safe and effective, proven a hundred times over. Just as the vaccines are not safe and effective, proven a hundred times over. They use that anyway. Safe and effective, safe and effective. It's like robotic. It's robotic brainwash mantra. So if someone came up with safe and effective, I know safe and effective is something we've been saying a long time, like these words are new, but someone somewhere came up with using that for everything, applying it to everything, regardless of the actual, like, facts, the actual, like, numbers, the actual, like, uh, science. And so they use it for everything, and they continue to. They continue to. Even Let's look at the math. Even with the vaccines where they said, let's look at the effective part. The effective part at the beginning was... It, it would prevent the spread. If you, as, as Biden said in July, if you get them, you're not getting COVID. Lie, not effective. The masks, even the people, even though we've known for two years they're not, over the last six months, even people 
who had been saying they were are now saying they weren't. So safe, effective bullshit. Safe? No. We've seen that with kids, with young kids having breathing problems, asthma problems, learning disabilities. Safe? No. We've seen many people get sick and die from the vaccines. So it's bullshit. It's all bullshit. But once again, this is what Orwell spoke about. Mind control, repeating the same lie over and over again until it becomes the truth. Two plus two equals what? Two plus two equals four? Zap, zap, zap. Two plus two equals what? Whatever you say, that's right. That's the answer. If we say it's five, it's five. And so this is what we saw. And this is the thing with Biden. It's like, it doesn't matter what the facts are. It's what I say. It doesn't matter. Nope. The real world reality that you live in. Nope. What I say goes. What I'm saying in this hour is the truth. Which is why, like I've said, the whole idea of a State of the Union is garbage. We don't really need them anymore. It's a propaganda hour. And when people tell you, oh, yes, people, he got high approvals. The president always gets high approvals for the State of the Union. It doesn't last long. It's not going to last eight months. But they always do because it's an hour of propaganda. It's a free, it's like an hour free, it's an hour long free campaign ad. So, of course, you're going to get a bump from it. Like the conventions, right? The conventions like three day long campaign ads. It's a bump. Last about a week, then it goes down. The same thing will happen with the State of the Union as it always does. So this bullshit where, oh, the American people loved Biden yesterday. No. The American people always give, the, the overwhelming majority of the American people always give the president high marks on the State of the Union because it's an hour-long propaganda ad. And that's that. Okay, so that's been today's show. We have a Friday show coming up tomorrow. Uh, the end of the show tomorrow, I'll be doing a review of Batman. Sorry, wait a minute. The Batman, like the Ukraine. It's not the Ukraine. Is it the Russia? Is it the Canada? It's just Ukraine. Review tomorrow of the Batman. This has been a Let's Be Heard. I'm Micah Chopley. Speak to you soon.